This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Surewinder.com. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. So let's get started today on um, some conversation about all this uh, with COVID-19 and the, um, the funding. So just to get the topics out there for everybody, the, the main things I want to talk about today is uh, processes, procedures, things that we've put in place, other people have put in place um, so that we can learn from each other. And then at the same time, I'd like to answer some questions if we get any through uh, Facebook to be able to um, uh, answer those. And let's see what else. Um, I want to talk about some of the things Matt's doing, some of the things we're doing on generating revenue, uh, additional ways. I want to talk about... Um, how this has kind of changed things and what we can do to adopt and adapt um, going forward. Um, and then I'll talk about some of the loan stuff, uh, what we've learned over the last week about um, the PPP program and some of the other stuff. Oh, Benny's in. Hang on one second. We're going to use him to tell us a lot about the program. So Benny actually is jumping in real quick. Hey, Benny. Hey Ryan, how are you, sir? Morning. Good how morning. are you? I'm doing well. Good. Yeah. Um, thanks for letting me join you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions since you just jumped in. Sure. Uh, we're going to have probably like an hour-long show, but I'm going to go ahead and knock out my questions for you, so okay. you can jump off uh, when you're ready. Okay. I sure. like your little logo up there at the top, man. Good job. Hey, thanks. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> someone asked me yesterday, uh, so you're, you're in your office and there are a lot of cars outside. I said, uh, that's my virtual background. So, there you go. Yeah. So um, first of all, thank you for joining us again. We had you on last week and it was very informative. A lot of people uh, was able to take away a lot of good stuff for you from you. Sure. Sure. So yeah. I wanted to um, ask you a couple questions regarding uh, some of the programs and get an update from you on what we're looking at. So okay. let's start, let's start with the oldest, um, the idle loans. Yes. Uh, are you starting to see those getting funded at this time? Um, no, unfortunately not. Uh, we, we've been, um, you know, pinging each other at SBDC because we are a uh, team of about 45 consultants statewide in Georgia. And on the average, we help maybe, um, 20 business owners each. So it's about 900, um, eight, eight to 900 uh, business owners on, on the idle and PPP uh, programs. And no, we have not 
received news that anyone has gotten, you know, um, say the advance, the $10,000 advance or the actual idle loan uh, amount itself. So I believe the, uh, the system has, uh, you know, was shocked at the volume of ap applications. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's being worked on right now. So okay. that's a long answer to your short questions. No, no, it's good. Um, you know, I think uh, I've gotten some responses back, but nothing from SBA on the uh, $10,000, which was supposed to be something that was like, get it to you quick type money. Um, right. But unfortunately, I think that's uh, kind of fallen off a little bit in the focus. I haven't even seen a lot of the focus regarding that in any of the conversations from uh, the president or SBA, which is mm -hmm. uh, fine, but they're rolling that, <clears throat> they were even gonna roll that into um, the PPP uh, program. Um, but do you, do you see SBA able to catch up and provide the idle loans and the $10,000 here over the next few weeks? Well, there are uh, moves uh, for of, of the SBA to um, uh, engage banks <clears throat> outside of its outside of its network of uh, preferred lenders. So, um, so on on that, you know, having you know, considering that, uh, there's a possibility that good possibility that within the next week or two that there will be a faster responses to, to these applications. And of course, um, Are you talking about the idle loans or the PPP? Uh, the triple P and the, um, the idle loans um, as well. So the idle loan uh, mechanism through the banks is not as defined because it's gonna be from the ground up uh, type of uh, uh, development. Uh, but, um, but you know, there, there's, there's uh, uh, grapevine used to that effect. So, because the, yeah, because the SBA organization is in itself, um, you know, not geared towards a direct lending because the idle loan is a direct um, uh, a program, you know, with SBA. So again, with basically uh, what, there are 12 million business, small businesses in the country so with uh, you know with the um, majority of them filing for the idle loan, there's just too much volume for SBA to handle. So SBA is looking at um, you know again engaging the banking network uh, to help it, uh, particularly with the triple P or PPP program. The idle loan um, is in a similar state of uh, overload. So. Um, no, no definitive news as yet, but that's that's what we're hearing from the ground. Okay, mm -hmm. so shifting from the idle loan because there's really no news for that. But you're saying the the news that I heard is that they're actually allowing third party banks to process the idle loans as well. That's a possibility. That's um, for now. It's it it is a um, uh, it is just a. You can just treat it as a rumor, to be honest. Okay. Um, because there's no mechanism for it. So, so the idle loan is something that uh, I cannot say anything definite okay. about at this time.
-hmm. We had one of our listeners comment in and said the first person I've seen post that he got anything back from the 10K disaster loan. Uh -huh. He applied March 17th. And on this past Friday, he got an email with multiple documents to sign. So mm -hmm. that's encouraging. Um, I assume that's the 10K disaster loan from SBA. That would be the first time that I've heard anybody would have been getting that uh, information. Yeah, there there have been um, uh, business owners who've gotten a, an email, um, you know, with either a status um, information or I, I've I've not heard uh, personally of a business owner being asked for extra documentation, um, but I suppose that's 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 logical to expect. Now, real quick on that note, uh, we are experiencing some uh, issues with uh, people. I'm going to unmute you, Matt. Just give me one second. Um, uh, issues with spam, people uh, being spammed into giving information, filling out right. documents. Do you have any um, information regarding that and what we should be looking out for? Uh, yes, there are, you know, legit um, banking institutions as well as what I'd call a second or third tier type of lenders. Uh, who are taking advantage, but not not really to to scam people, but rather to uh, a real you know reel you in as potential new clients, and so they'll um, uh, you know I, and I heard it, I, I read this as a fact you know as a matter of fact from from a um, <clears throat> from business from a company that said well you know this bank I I never dealt with them but you know it's a well known uh, bank. Uh, they sent me an email asking me if they need help with idle loan and the triple P. So, so the, some, uh, you know, legitimate lenders are reaching out to potentially new clients to help them process. Um, however, the, um, uh, the situation now with the triple P, uh, program is that they're at, uh, there's been a deluge of applications. And so banks who probably are aware. Um, the banks that you've been dealing with, whether you have loans with them or you have your checking accounts with them, you know, they're prioritizing uh, the uh, businesses to help. So, um, so well, back to your question, uh, Ryan. So there, there, there are a legitimate reach outs by legitimate lenders um, to, to reel you in as new clients when this blows over. So now in terms of, you know, scammers per se, um, I, I don't have, um, you know, uh, real news about that, but I, I can suspect, I suspect that, you know, there will be scammers. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, well, you probably all know that the idle loan is a very easy 10 minute application process on the SBA website. So, uh, you should, you know, no one really should, or would need the help of, uh, you know, of a third party to, you know, to, to put in that, that application. Maybe for, you know, the computations of like cost of goods sold or cost of sales, um, that, that might be a, you know, a, you know, a gray area for some. Yeah, but um, you should be able to get your CPA involved for that, right? Right, right. And, and you, yeah, and you know, over at SBDC, you know, we provide our services at no charge because we're fully supported by the state of Georgia and SBA. Uh, we we can help uh, at no charge again uh, to help you determine um, 
you know, some financial questions, you know, answer some financial questions. Matt, uh, did you have a question? I'm sorry? Yeah, I had a, I had a question um, in, in reading some stuff about, about the loans and, and the SBA over the weekend. Uh -huh. um, Benny, I don't know if, if, if you know any more about this than, than what I read. Yes. Um, was the SBA, um, and this goes back to kind of the spamming type uh, question, uh, and the possibility of us seeing more. Was the SBA hacked this weekend? Well, I can't answer. Well, um, <laughs> I, I read. Sorry to put uh, you on the spot. The, the system, <laughs> question, by the way. Yeah, yeah the system, I, I would say what, what, maybe the SBA system crashed because of volume, uh, but then it's, uh, you know, they, they reactivated it. Um, in terms of being hacked, uh, I suppose that's a possibility, um, but uh, we've not gotten any news to that effect. Awesome. What was told to me, Matt, just so you know, is that people were going on to fill out the application. I don't know if it was at the time they were filling out the application or if there was some way to like edit or check the application status, but they were seeing other people's information on the application. So, I got gotcha. um, that's what I uh, read uh, from. Yeah, and that's the same. That's the same type of stuff that I was seeing as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was so much a hacking or uh, a coding issue on the website. I'm not 100% sure what could have caused that. Um, you know, uh, anytime you have something like this, I think people who have the wrong intentions are definitely going to try to capitalize on. Uh, the fear and anxiety that a lot of people are, are experiencing right now. I mean, same thing with our industry, right, Matt? I mean, Oh, for sure. People get frustrated, their garage door is broken or whatever. And then uh, they panic and call the first person and God only knows somebody paid a lot of money to get there, but has to justify the cost of being in that number one spot and jacks the rates up and takes advantage of people. So, um, you know, I think it's the same thing here, right? Like web guys and stuff like that. They're all, they're all waiting for opportunities like this. So you just have to be super careful. Um, Benny, uh, along the lines of the PPP, cause I know there's still a lot of questions regarding that. Uh -huh. um, do you feel like um, things are being handled pretty well right now with the local banks? Uh, I know there's a lot of anxiety, fear of them running out of money before people are able to process their applications. Um, Right now, you see a lot of people just putting up forms to say, you know, get in line. We'll send you some correspondence via email. Uh, there's not a whole lot of communication. Banks are feeling overrun. Um, you know, you got multiple people submitting requests at multiple banks just to make sure that they get in. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that and, and what we can do um, to, to kind of fix that? And, uh, and, and what some solutions might be? Um, sure, I'll, I'll share a few comments on that. Uh, well, first of all, the, um, uh, this is a 100% guarantee. The Triple P program is a 100% guaranteed program by SBA. So there's, there's really um, minimal risk on the part of the banks. Um, so, and then there, there are fees that are paid to them uh, for processing the triple P applications. So there's a, um, a reason, uh, you know, there's, there's reasonable incentive for them to process the applications. Now in terms of their, um, uh, the actual funds available to um, 
advance on behalf of SBA uh, the uh, the P triple P loans. Uh, there there are uh, limitations, um, as you probably have heard of Wells Fargo um, being at, uh, capped at ten billion dollars, and based on the amount of applications they've received, they they're totally tapped out. So so there are limitations um, uh, based on the bank's uh, uh, fund reserves to be able to fund the actual applications. So now what what is being done or what is um, that that I don't again I don't have a definitive uh, uh, feedback on what SPA is doing or what the Department of Treasury is doing um, because I'm and this is just my opinion um, there's there there needs to be some injection of funds to the banks to the participating banks to be able to loan or to extend those loans and to actually release the proceeds so I I I don't know what uh, in what state that is you know uh, in terms of the fund injection from the treasury but uh, that that is the mechanism that i uh, that i imagine should be happening um so initially um again this is just my opinion kind of an informed opinion that uh the triple uh, p program was launched with the assumption that the uh, banks participating banks would use their own fund reserves uh to um, um you know, to fund the loans themselves. However, because again of the uh, the volume, uh, some banks are saying, well, you know, we can only fund so much. We need to fund and then get a reimbursement from the treasury and then fund again and get a reimbursement. Um, I think that's so, the path that Bank of America took, right? Uh, I, I believe so, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they were quick. That's a big corporation. For them to get the guidelines like late Thursday and be already funding this week, early this week, mm -hmm. uh, giving money out, uh, is, I would assume they're, they're advancing the money under the assumption they're going to get it back. Of course, yes. From the treasury. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, think that's... when I talk to the local banks here, I think the biggest concern for them is they, they don't want to be in the business of trying to get that money back uh for from the uh person that they lend it to uh -huh. under or under some circumstance that the treasury department uh has some some small writing um in, in the agreement and so i think that's a lot of the hesitation for people right now uh for banks in particular is you know i think i can't speak for the government but i think uh when it comes to the whole in, in history, uh, the question is, will we get our money and will this be something that breaks us in the end, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the concern of majority of bankers and, uh, and that would definitely be a concern of mine if I was a president of a bank, especially a small local bank, mm -hmm. and I'm not looking at getting bailout money if this thing goes sideways. Uh, so I think everybody's reading the fine print. I think everybody's trying to be overly cautious for, for, for good, right. I believe. Um, and I, 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 I feel like a lot of the panic from the business owners is because, you know, the president and the government standing up saying, you know, we're going live on Friday. We're going to get this money to you quickly. And, uh, we're, we're making progress, but there's small steps. Um, and not everybody was ready Friday. So uh, now here we are Tuesday 
And uh, there's still a lot of banks that haven't even accepted any applications or, um, or even communicated uh, a lot to their people. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, I, do you I, have a list? Um, does anyone have a list of the uh, SBA's uh, uh, banking partners? Because I can provide that uh, to you for distribution. Uh, yeah, send that to me. I'll post yeah. that on our Facebook page okay. uh, for yeah. everybody to take a look at. Um, would you advise someone uh, to to submit the forms, I guess, not the applications, but the forms to multiple banks to get in line at this point? Or how, how would you, I mean, because you don't want to miss out, but at the same time, you don't want to overload the system uh, by advising a bunch of people to to, to jump on and, and request from multiple banks. But uh, how, how as a business owner, if someone really needed this, what's the best action to take right now? Yeah, if I was a business owner and I was one uh, prior to SBDC, um, <clears throat> I mean, instinctively, to be honest, I would file multiple applications. Um, now the underwriting uh, would, because that, you know, all of those would, all of those applications would converge at a, at a certain point. And uh, I just, I just don't know the process, whether SBA is the final underwriter of the loans, because they would be able to, um, um, uh, you know, to say, well, okay, this is a triple application of the same company. So I'm just honoring one. So, uh, I don't know that for a fact. Uh, now, however, um, the, um, I believe the rationale behind selecting the existing uh, banking partners of SBA is because those banks have internal SBA sort of underwriters, meaning they, those, um, they have bank executives uh, solely in charge of SBA loans within the premises or holding offices in their buildings. And so that was the rationale. Now, so if you, for, for example, submit an application with, with Truist or, or formerly SunTrust and submitted one to Bank of America, there would really be no communication between the two um, uh, un SBA underwriters within those banks. So, uh, you know, uh, theoretically, you could be funded twice if you got approved twice. So, um, now, I again, we're, we're, we're kind of speculating here, right? Um, uh, but down the road, when those documents are turned over to SBA, um, then uh, there would be a reckoning, you know, that that there was a, a double, uh, you know, a, double funded a double, loan, double availment of, of loan funds. Yeah. Maybe the business owner might be might be asked to compensate or or return the funds or something like that. So. In the long term, I think it, it would it would it, it is going to be a risk uh, for multiple applicants for multiple application situations. Yeah, that's good feedback. So um, I would say I think uh, Matt, you, you can help me out here too. It is um, you know I think anytime there's a limit on something like toilet paper, um, <laughs> people tend to make. Uh, feel that anxiety a little bit greater um, than maybe they should. And the government put a limit on the amount of funds. And so you, you are starting to see some business owners with some groups that I'm in 
uh, they're feeling that sense of anxiety, like they're going to miss out. They're not going to get what, you know, not what's owed to them, but, but something that's going to potentially help keep them open. Um, and, and that's a, there's a lot of weight that's involved there. Um, so Matt, Benny, like, what would you say to business owners right now who are, uh, maybe feeling that anxiety waiting on that application? Um, you know, where, what would you guys give them as far as I want to try to encourage people at this point in time, uh, to just relax and let the, the process play out? Well, for one, for me, I mean, me being, uh, I'm in a small market, obviously. Um, and I, I had a really good conversation with my, um, with my banker yesterday. Uh, I called them. They actually shut down their main branch is closed and they've got seven, uh, they've got seven bankers in there just working on these applications. Um, they've, re- they've left the rest of the branches open for regular banking, but the main branch here in downtown Billings is shut down just to process these. And they're, they're one of the main SBA lenders here in town. Um, I, I am in the course. I haven't gotten my, uh, my application in yet. Um, it's going in today. Um, but you know, I think the, I think we're seeing right now, um, because the system is so overloaded, I think we're seeing what potentially can fix and write itself over the course of the next couple weeks uh, to three weeks. I mean, granted, sometimes that means uh, that we're missing payments. And I think that's, that's where it comes down to having conversations with all your creditors, um, having conversations with everybody that you owe money to, whether it be suppliers, uh, whether it's vehicle loans, whether it, uh, whether it's your mortgage, if you own your property, your building, um, or you're renting your building, having those conversations with those people and saying, look, we're in some tough time. Is there anything that can happen? You know, we've done that here. And I've had some people say, no, business as usual. Um, I've had others where they've said, yeah, you can take your truck payment for the next three months um, and we'll just apply it to the end of your loan. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just a matter of being proactive, taking, having those conversations and get your application in. I don't know. Um, I don't know what we're going to do as far as whether we're going to take the money or not. Um, but I want to have my application in there in case we need it. Um, but I mean, just, I mean, work every angle that you can. Uh, leverage every relationship, leverage every phone call, leverage, uh, leverage the relationship that you have with your bank. Um, the conversation I had with him, I'm going, man, what do you need these tax forms for? And he goes, don't worry about those. Get me your application and get me your payroll, uh, um, get me your, your payroll, um, summary. He goes, that's all I, that's all I want from you. You can get me your taxes later just get me those to get your spot in line. So have, if you got that related type of relationship with your bankers, um, stuff like that, leverage those relationships during this time. Um, and you know, I think this is something that will probably, uh, work itself out. I mean, we're, we're less than a week 
since they initially started saying this, these funds are available. So they're still trying to work this damn system out. Benny, real quick, if we, because um, the chain of events that's happened, you had the idle loan come out first, uh, then they announced the PPP and the $10,000. Originally, what if you applied for the 10,000 and the, um, the idle loan, but the yeah. PPP loan gets funded. And then after that, you get the $10,000, uh, advance check that they were trying to get out quicker. Uh-huh. What, what do you, is it a similar scenario to what we talked about earlier? Would you just give that back or, uh, would that be above and beyond your PPP? Um, okay. Got an answer for that one. The guideline is that the $10,000 in that scenario, a $10,000 amount would be uh, offset or uh, subtracted, you know, from the uh, forgiven amount of uh, the triple P program. So if you have payrolls that are forgivable in the amount of $50,000, they would remove the uh, $10,000 or subtract the $10,000 from that. Okay, so that ten thousand would roll into the loan at the one percent interest rate. Uh, I think the two-year term, right? Uh, one percent, uh, two-year term, correct. Okay, so you just have a ten thousand dollar loan. Right now, uh, there there is language in the um, U.S. Senate. They approved and ratified U.S. Senate bill that the ten thousand dollars is not to be repaid, you know, by the business owner. So it is more and more uh, looked upon as a grant. So um, whether the idle loan gets approved or not, uh, the, uh, the $10,000 that is received by any, any business owner uh, is, is considered a gift. Yeah. So it well because the spirit behind that is it's supposed to be a stopgap uh, funding you know, for the business. Now, let me ask, are all of you on the uh, session uh, in the same business, um, which is, or, or different businesses? We're all in home services. Home services, okay. So I would think your, um, <clears throat> and the reason I ask that is more along the lines of, of the strategies, you know, during and after this crisis. Um, and my thinking there is that you, you as home, serv- home improvement or home repair services, overhead doors, et cetera, uh, there will be, um, uh, there'll, there'll always be demand for your services, right? So you're not, you're not a, you're almost a necessity type of business. So um, again, strategically, you know, you're, you, you would want to stay, you know, in, you know, in your, in the business you're in today. It's just, it's just a, a, a dip in demand that you're seeing today. So, you know, having said that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of, um, of course, the triple P, the, Paycheck Protection Program is something that that um, I would recommend that you apply for because even if you're a single member LLC or a sole proprietor, you can you can declare your uh, distributions from the business as part of payroll. So uh, and that is forgivable, you know, for as long as you you show records that you you've been uh, you know paying yourself that amount. That's a good point. So I'd like to uh, just uh, say something along the line. Yeah. So as an LLC, so as an LLC with, with multiple employees, uh, you get paid typically as a draw, um, like a 
So you can apply that up to a hundred thousand dollars toward your, um, your payroll numbers, correct? Towards your, yeah, towards the members, uh, pay, uh, you know, payroll, really. You know, they're not given, well, as a multi-member, is this a multi-member LLC scenario, uh, Ryan? Single yeah. member. Single member, okay. So with, with employees, right? Yes. Uh, so the single member, um, you know, would compensate himself or herself through the profits of the business, right? As draws right. or distributions. So whether... You know, uh, I had a case like that uh, yesterday um, <clears throat> where the single member LLC owner was paying mortgage, car payments, and so on, you know, from the cash flow of the business. So he said, well, I, I have nothing to show as payroll. Um, and I said, no, well, those are, uh, well, you know, what for your home mortgage payments, that is an indirect, uh, that, that is really a compensation for you as an owner. So declare that as a, as payroll. My car, your car payments, declare that as payroll, and other um, and other withdrawals or draws from the business that you use for personal use are are uh, technically and, and actually um, you know compensation for the uh, for the owner. So uh, you know declare that under the triple P um, program, and again you get two point five of that, two point five times that, and for as long as you can show that you're, you've been paying yourself that amount during an eight-week period, that that'll be forgiven. So it's free money, really. Right. So I, I would recommend that as um, something that you don't want to miss. Um, and and you can throw in there. Um, so the the, the uh, guideline is so if you borrowed say fifty thousand dollars, seventy-five percent of that uh, you did you need to show as payroll, right? And twenty-five percent. You could be utilities, rent, or mortgage of the business, and um, uh, yeah, rent, utilities, and mortgage. So, so, and that's one hundred percent forgivable. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than ninety countries worldwide, with our forty years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer-usa.com, that's S-O-M-M-E-R-USA.com, or contact their Charlotte office at 877-766-6607. So, and that's 100% forgivable. Uh, yeah, I've got one more question. Uh, regarding the PPP, I think we discussed this briefly before, but there's still a little bit of unknown. Um, I've read some verbiage in some of the uh, uh, paperwork that I've been following. The PPP loan, if, it, if I understand it correctly, you can request additional funds above the 2.5%, but it would be in the form of a loan. Is that correct? Or 
did that change on the last couple of days? Because I haven't read anything recently that's been released. But I know in, in one of the guidelines that was released, there was some verbiage about that. Can you clarify if that's actually a thing? Mm, no, you know, I, I've not read anything to that effect. Uh, because, and I say that because, uh, because of the um, uh, legalities and technicalities of the program. I've been reading, my team and I have been reading um, all documents starting from the U.S. Senate bill all the way to the implementing guidelines. Uh, I have not seen anything to that effect, Brian. Okay. Um, it's it seems to be a a, a pretty pretty um, uh, restrictive uh, coverage of payroll. So eight weeks of payroll is the number two, right? The the, the multi multiplier of two, and then the point five because it's times two point five. The point five uh, is allowance for again for the utilities and rent rent or mortgage. Okay. So. So what you're saying is, can you can you um, uh, can you apply for a loan, you know, higher than the 2.5 factor or the 2.5 uh, uh, product? Uh, well, the, the short answer is yes, but it wouldn't be under the uh, it wouldn't be under the uh, triple P program. Uh, there's another program uh, called the 7A. If you're familiar with that, it's an, another SBA program. Um, that that has because of the um, uh, because of the crisis uh, has a six month um, payment uh, by SBA itself. So I uh, mean, meaning the SBA will pay six months worth of installments for the business owner under the Seven A program. So you can you can uh, you can consider that uh, for the additional loan requirements. Uh, and again, because of you know the the um, uh, you know, this this idea of strategy uh, can't can't leave my my mind because in advising you know business owners as clients of mine, I'm always think I'm always trying to think for them you know the long term right. So um, you know I just want to inject at this point, um, and I made some research about this early early on during the crisis. You know, for businesses that have good, a good uh, uh, runway, a good future uh, because of the uh, stability of demand, you know, at this time, I think Ryan, you touched on that. I think it was Matt. Uh, negotiate with your uh, suppliers for better terms, etc. But also now is the time to also secure your client base um, um, by by doing something extra for them, by helping them uh, if they're businesses, by helping them. Uh, with outside the box type of advice, basically what we're talking about now, <clears throat> you can uh, you can uh, uh, cascade the knowledge and information you have to your clients so that they begin to look at you as added value, you know, providers or, or suppliers of the service. So that will um, you know reinforce you know their loyalty to your business. So that's that's one, and and also um, not not to sound. Uh, kind of um, hopefully it doesn't sound harsh, but for 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 those of you who have um, you know who are in a position to do so, you know consider you know consider acquiring partly or fully you know some other small businesses because it helps that small business owner and it also helps you. you know, so it's a win-win. So yeah. instead of those businesses closing down, you're you're buying them out um, and buying the 
customer base as well, you know, so. Um, so I, just just my two cents on, on the strategic side of things. Yeah, I think that was definitely a topic that I want to talk about. I try to approach every day where a portion I talk about uh, or think about uh, worst case scenario. I try to leave that toward the end of the day if possible because um, it's always very depressing. But yeah. in the first half of the day, I try to focus on best case scenario. Uh-huh. Um, even though visually I can't, see the future um i'm i'm putting out um uh requests like people to apply for jobs for us that that we're interviewing um telling people that we're technically not hiring at the moment but we're interviewing um because so many people are getting laid off i think it's a great opportunity for you to fill your pipeline of people uh because it's hard to find good people in our industry so we're taking that approach where we're um, trying to, to get people in the pipeline. Uh, and then worst case scenario, which is horrible to think and process, but as a business owner, you have to plan for worst case. It's, you know, who do you let go if you have to? How do you scale back? Um, you know, who do you cut as far as vendors, things like that? Uh, what happens if you're unable to pay your bills? Uh, so it's an emotional roller coaster for me. Trying to take a half of the day and focus on absolute best. That includes, you know, I've reached out to some people uh, about buying their their businesses or finding other people who who might be willing to sell. All the way to all right. The later that afternoon, you're like, okay, if things hit the fan here, you know, what what do we do? You know, and and what's the process for that? And who do we have to let go? And and you know, what do we have to sell? And things like that. So. Uh, unfortunately, that's the life that we're in right now. Um, are you experiencing similar, Matt? You know, uh, yes. Uh, and I think from the last time we, we talked, uh, not much has changed in that regard. Um, however, uh, from this and in, from this has come a lot of conversations, hard conversations, but also some really good conversations in regards to what it looks like coming out the other side of this thing. Because yes, we may be struggling as a company. Um, we're not even, you know, we, we've, we've definitely had to scale back um, our, our plans for 2020. Um, obviously our, our move to a new market has been put on hold, uh, for at least 90 days and it's probably going to be longer. Um, but we've taken on some different thoughts and different ideas, doing a bunch of research, um, going back to, uh, the great depression. I mean, we're, we're from what we're looking at, we're, we're not headed for necessarily, um, a small recession like 2008 we're we're if if everything remains closed and we keep we keep shutting down this country like like it is our economy is going to be struggling a lot worse than it was in 2008 uh that's my opinion um so i'll, I'll just throw it that's my opinion um so we've been doing a lot of research into how companies survived the great depression and what they did. And, and a lot of them made pivots. Um, a lot of, you know, breweries started construction companies. 
um, out of the Great Depression, uh, we've got we've got four major brewers in the United States. Three of them. There's only three. There's only been one that has sprung up since the Great Depression. All three of them made it through the Great Depression, um, as well as uh, as well as the uh, Prohibition, and that's because they did something else. They figured out how to repurpose their people, um, and so that's the task that we're doing right now. Um, and I think out of this, we've decided that we're no longer going to be just a garage door company. Um, we're, we're, we're going to open up and we're going to open up because we've got the skill sets for the people that are here that we're like, man, you know, you talked about worst case scenarios of who do we let go and how do we keep people on? Well, the people that we got here now have the skill sets to be able to open, open a roofing company, to be able to open up a siding company, to be able to open up a, a, a fencing company. I mean, why not? Um, and I think you've got to be proactive in these types of, uh, in these types of environments, uh, economic environments, um, and be able to, and be open to pivoting and moving forward and, and be forward thinking in order to, in order to thrive, not just survive, um, in, in years of my conversations, I'm not just, a, I don't want to just survive this thing, man. I, right. I, I got eight year plans, man. And, and this thing ain't gonna, this thing ain't gonna kill my eight year plans. And so, um, I want to, I want to thrive through this thing. And I think a lot of the people that are listening to this would, would agree that, you know, I don't want to just be tucked in a hole and survive this thing. Um, we want to figure out how to, we want to be, we want, when the dust settles and, and, you know, and the tidal wave goes back out to sea, I want to be riding on top of the heap um, and put myself squarely on top. And so you got to think that way um, in order to move that way. So. Josh. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's good input. If I may, if I may add to that, um, uh, you could, you could consider, Again, for uh, long-term planning, um, you know, strengthening your ties with, um, uh, with with companies or institutions that have uh, that have to do something to do with homes and and uh, commercial structures. And what I mean by that is, you know, realtors uh, and banks. When you know, when again, uh, it, it's it's not pleasant to talk about it, but if there are foreclosures happening, uh, and there will be foreclosures happening in due time. Uh, then banks um, are, are, you probably know this already, but banks, um, it's in, in their interest to maintain those, those, uh, those assets, those homes, because they want to sell them. So if you're um, kind of a retained provider or vendor for those banks, then you've got some uh, stability of, of business. And of course, realtors are lead generators as well for, you know, for your industry. So um, the the um, uh, the research I was talking about and uh, earlier uh, was about the 2008 survivors and what were the lessons they learned and uh, one of the lessons those survivor companies learned was this is a good time to uh, uh, to think and develop strategy uh, for the long term uh, because you have um, uh, th this is you know I I tell my clients and <clears throat> uh, the uh, uh, business owners in the business classes I teach that, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, for one, um, and why, you know, 
Excel, you know, uh, Explorer. Those came out of his um, annual uh, withdrawal from the business for 10 days because he was thinking about strategy, about ways to improve the business. And this is, uh, sorry to say, this is a kind of a forced uh, period of time that, that, that you can take advantage of, you know, thinking along those lines. Uh, technology applications were, um, were another uh, focus area of the 2008 survivors. They, it gave them time to uh, investigate you know, applications or, or software systems, technology systems that could automate and make more efficient you know, their businesses. So uh, again, this, and I say these things because it's different. If you were restaurant owners, I would say I would talk differently because the future, <laughs> for, the future for them would be not as, I'm sorry, Josh, are, are you, uh, I, have, I see a grill behind you. Um, is that, are you in the restaurant business? No, no, I'm the general manager of Ryan's business. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, I thought so, you yeah, Josh runs uh, my company, day-to-day -day operations. Uh, he's uh, helped us through this period tremendously. Uh, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the impact of having him on uh, has allowed me to focus on bigger picture stuff, um, chat with Matt in the middle of the day, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, take an hour and 15 minute lunch instead of an hour. So right. he's freed me up a great deal. Um, Josh, can you speak to uh, some of the stuff that you've been doing and seeing uh, that's allowed us to have a pretty decent month last month? Yeah, I mean, I think all of us in this industry can say, and probably really any specialty trade line of work is most of the people you have working with you and for you are, can be like like Matt was saying, our guys, these guys, all these guys can be skilled at so many other things. Um, when you're in a trade like this, you you've got so much skill on your team that it's almost endless what you can go for, and that's what we're striving for right now. Is how can we use all this skill to our advantage? Um, of course, you got to know where to draw the line. You can't. Don't make the customer suffer because you're not certified in something or something like that. But, uh, and you're in these people's homes on the residential side and you're in these people's businesses on the commercial side. Why not see where you can help them be their one-stop shop. And in times like this, help them out not to have to make 50 phone calls. It, it, times like this will show that the convenience factor is a huge player. And if I'm in your business and I, I see something else is broke. Maybe not your dock or door. I bet I, if I can't, I've got a guy that can probably fix it and take care of you. The same thing in the home side. Um, whether it's even using people outside, let's use other small businesses that are going through the same thing and let's benefit from each other's skill if you don't have it on your actual media team. And that's where we've been compiling the things right now that, that use the skill we have and use the skill we can partner with and if you keep driving that way, we'll get through this just fine, I believe. Um, and like I said, with the skill that we all have and know of, the possibilities are endless, I think, what we can do here. Yeah, I mean, take a look at, like, I'm probably not going to be your roofer or your window guy, but uh, I have a strong background in technology. So we're actually setting up uh, and going to start offering uh, virtual new door consultations uh, from the office. And um, 
we're working on the plan for that and people are going to be able to go to our website and request a, an appointment for that. And then we'll have it scheduled. It'll be very similar to this, right? Where we, we sit there and have a conversation. I'm going to be able to show them samples um, in the video and talk about the different levels of construction of the doors, different styles available. Uh, I can have them send me a photo of their house and I can um, uh, share my screen and put the different doors on there. Uh, so we should have that up and running, um, and available for people to book here within the next 24 hours, uh, changing the game, in my opinion, as far as, uh, door sales goes, because, uh, I, I actually thought about this a year ago and I was like, ah, we'll put it on the back burner because it's, I, I didn't think people would be interested in it. And now, uh, the values there. So we're, we're pushing this out, um, in the next few days. Uh, fully integrated. So we're going to test it, see how it works, uh, see if people are interested in it. But um, I will give feedback on one of my next few podcasts on how that goes. Hmm. And well, maybe you can also uh, consider a, a kind of a consortium um, of, um, you know, home improvement, maintenance, repair type businesses. So, so um, you know, you could have a Zoom session like this and invite HVAC companies uh, those businesses that are not in, in direct competition or easy to enter or easy to compete with type of businesses, HVAC, plumbing, they have their own vertical kind of expertise. So they, they probably won't, you know, steal your business per se, but right. if you formed a consortium of the lead generation um, uh, for, for lead generation purposes, then you're, you're feeding off of each other. Um, you probably know this already, but you know, if an HVAC man uh, went in that summer is approaching, um, that HVAC company uh, knew about, you know, overhead, uh, Aaron overhead, so they can say, well, they can take a quick look at their the condition of their, you know, garage doors and whatnot, ask the business owner, you know, is it time to upgrade or is it time to um, adjust your garage doors? Oh, why do you, um, you do garage doors, you're an HVAC company. No, but we are part of a consortium of Gwinnett County or Metro Atlanta uh, Home Improvement Maintenance and Repair Services. So we are uh, we vouch for each other's quali you know, quality of service and integrity. So you know you can give a name to that consortium and, and you're feeding off each other. I mean, it's it's probably a good time to kind of band together and help each other, you know? Agreed. Yeah. I think that um, going into in a lot of these scenarios, you don't even have to open up a company. You can offer other s solutions, um, you know, depending on the red tape in your in your uh, city, county, or state. Uh, like garage doors, for instance. I mean, that's another thing that we have to pay attention to because the the barrier of entry is so low. Um, you know, it wouldn't be very hard because there are other businesses that are looking for the same thing. So are we going to see increased competition during this time where people are going to start getting into garage doors? Um, so you got to look at it both ways, right? So yeah, it's great for us. Let's go out and find partners and, and build upon them and, and open up other services. But at the same time, we're not the only ones having this conversation right now, right? So uh, yeah. there's local business owners that's, that's thinking about low barrier of entry. Uh, what can we get into? It doesn't cost a lot of money. 
and uh, they've got databases of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people. They can shoot out an email to and say, oh, hey, by the way, we're your trusted HVAC company. Uh, during this time, we've acquired a few employees um, that are experts in garage doors um, and shoot that out, right? And, and not very difficult and be up and running uh, in a week or two. And so- uh, What are you talking about? It's very difficult. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so um, that that's that's one or two of the things that I think we all have to be thinking about from every angle. Not only can how do we expand, but uh, protecting ourselves from other companies getting involved as well. But email newsletters uh, for us have been very effective during this time. Uh -huh. uh, and then on our next email newsletter that we're sending out, we will be um, discussing uh, something similar to this. Like here's here's what we're doing new. Uh, here's some other uh, companies that provide different services that we recommend uh, trying to drive business to them. And then we're, we're working with them to do the same on their side so they can uh, share our information. Um, so it's, you know, luckily enough, Gwinnett County is really good. You got some really good businesses um, and great business owners that are willing to work with other businesses on stuff like this uh, through the Gwinnett Chamber um, and things like that. So um yeah yeah Many, um, you know well you know i'm as, as uh, you know as i get developments or uh, feedback from sba um you know I'll communicate with you um maybe you run um and um yeah i want to i want to be able to help help you out in your businesses Thank so you. um yeah we, we also have and again we provide consulting at no charge uh so we have databases that that um you can avail of um, through me, um, you know, like uh, listings of property management companies, listings of real estate companies, um, you know, listings of uh, zip codes where, where there are maybe older homes uh, that you can uh, do some targeted marketing. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll be right. in touch. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be more than happy to for free to data, my client. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, you know good data that you can use for the business. Beautiful, yeah. I uh, that data is usually having to be paid for, so um, that would be an excellent resource for us. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. And can you provide that to others as well outside of the state of Georgia? Um, well, we we refer um, those those types of those businesses because we are in all the states. Uh, including Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. So uh, we would have an SBDC office in Tennessee, Alabama, for instance, you know, if it was out of state. That's awesome. So if you guys are listening, this is a great opportunity. There's companies out there that are selling this data, not, not cheap either. Um, Benny just said that he's got resources of property management companies, um, reports on homes and age of homes and things like that. That's all data that we can use and my company has used in the past uh, strongly suggest you guys reach out to your small business development center uh, in your local state to get that information. Thank you, Benny. That's a, sure. that's a huge tip and one that's going to be actionable for a lot of people. Right. And if I may add just quickly, so those listings, um, you know, our clients get excited. I got excited when I was in, you know, in my, when I had my own business, but those listings, would have the names of the companies, addresses, the names of the um, CEOs, owners, managers, directors, 
uh, phone numbers, even credit scores, uh, how many employees, revenues, uh, types of business. So you, you have uh, really a lot of market, intel market intelligence you know, at your fingertips you know, with these tools. And um, you know you could th those are you know those would really convert to revenues if you use it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Benny. We really appreciate you jumping on. I kept you longer than I told you I would, so I appreciate you staying no on with us. Uh, but we're, very we're, informational. We're still within an hour, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you for your time. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. Glad to do it. All Very the nice. best. All the best to all of you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So I'm going to, there we go. All right. So, um, Josh, give us an update on commercial. Um, how are you seeing the difference in commercial right now versus prior to all this going down? It's actually running pretty smoothly due to the fact that one of the big players, one of the big sales players in the commercial side of this is downtime costs money. Well, our job is to eliminate a customer's downtime majority of the time. Well, downtime is being caused by COVID-19 right now. So they are taking advantage of it is what I'm seeing. We're not uh, the bad guy anymore. Exactly. So when I tell somebody, uh, a lead time on a rolling still, they're like, oh, well, oh, who cares? Well, it'll be empty. You're good. Um, I wouldn't say we're benefiting from it, but it's not making it harder on us. Right. Um, and our, so far, our suppliers are doing really well at keeping up with our demand. And uh, so when I'm able to, be in a time like this, the customer already has the downtime that can afford this. And our turnaround, our lead times are still the same as what they were beforehand. It looks great in our customer's eyes. Um, right. So we're able to keep that work drumming just like we were beforehand. Matt, you seeing the same thing out there with commercial? One of the hottest topics with garage door companies in 2020 is what's the best dispatch software? I run my business with Service Titan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Service Titan is the premium software that allows you to run every aspect of your business quickly and smoothly. It's not just a dispatch software. I use them for credit card processing, marketing automation, business intelligence, follow-up, and even maintenance agreements. My staff likes it because they can build quotes quickly and easily, and the price is already there. I like it because I get a ton of five-star reviews from customers who love the automated communication. We've seen a huge increase in our revenue, per job by offering set pricing and multiple quotes. If you're interested in scheduling a demo with Service Titan, go to servicetitan.com forward slash torsion talk or call 888-809-7457. Matt, you seeing the same thing out there with commercial? Man, um, so one thing that we didn't expect uh, when when everything started coming down the pipeline, you know, the second week of March when everything really started happening uh, with COVID-19, um, one thing we didn't expect was the commercial market to really tighten up. And it did out here. Like my, my, um, my commercial service sales, um, gal christine she was making you know 300 calls 
in three days and maybe converting three to four of those into the service calls. Um, everybody was like, yeah, we got doors that need work, but right now we're just, we're buttoned down. Like we're not, we're not allowing anybody that's not essential on site. Um, these doors aren't essential, so we don't necessarily need anybody out here to work on them. Uh, but what we're starting to see now is a little bit of a loosening up. Um, you know, people are, for one, we're getting further into this thing. And these companies that are still open, uh, these essential businesses, you know, food service companies, um, mines, um, trucking companies, things like that, are, are they're still having to operate while they're trying to operate with doors that are not working properly. So we're starting to see that loosen up a bit. Um, you know, we've also got uh, Stillwater Mine out here, which is... Um, the Western Hemisphere is only platinum palladium mine um, that we do a bunch of work for. And they're, I mean, they're going gangbusters. I mean, they're, they're, we're, it, it's cool working for them. Um, they sent us a letter that basically they said, carry with you no matter wherever you go. Cause if they try to shut you down, uh, here's a letter that basically says we're essential and you're essential to us. So you guys can, can, can keep operating. Um, even if it's just to do our work. So we're seeing it loosen up a little bit around here. Um, they're still, you know, they're, we're still basically under a shelter in place until the end of the month. Um, there's still a lot of businesses that are really being impacted by this. Um, and it's, un, it's unfortunate um, how things are playing out. And, you know, there's there's two sides to the opinion of this thing. Um, I personally like the governor of South Dakota's stance on this. Um, I, I made a post, I put a post out there on Facebook. Um, she's, I think she's doing a great job for her state uh, in regards to like stay safe, but we cannot afford to shut down our economy. We've got to have something here for when this thing's over. Um, so We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens, but for yeah, right but now, okay. When it comes to business owners, I think it's our responsibility. Um, you know, I think the president's taking the approach of it's the state's responsibility. The governor of Georgia is taking the approach that it's the, the county's or the city's responsibility. And then it trickles all the way down, right? Like as a leader yep. of my business, it's my responsibility to protect my people, protect yep. our customers. And uh, Josh, myself, and Tisha, um, uh, my financial uh, success manager is what I call her. Uh, she drives her crazy. But um, she, we had a meeting on Sunday for about an hour uh, where we put in some stricter um, things here in the office. And we would have, we've got like a little sales room where the guys can go in, jump on the computer, do their follow-up, stuff like that. And sometimes guys would come in with food. And there'd be two people in there eating, making phone calls, stuff like that we put the kibosh on that. So um, like if you touch it, you wipe it. That's a rule here now. Um, right. We've got uh, uh, six feet distance in the office at all times. No two people in one office at one time. Um, so uh, meetings are being had like this instead of uh, all of us in a room. And it feels kind of cheesy because we may all be in our office, but it's safer than us being all in one office. 
Right. Um, so it, it helps us if we've got one contaminated person that's uh, maybe not showing symptoms, spreading it, you know, not knowing, uh, we can isolate that. That way, there's no issues. If we find out that they got sick, um, you know, we tell them to stay at home, they're good. We go in their office, wipe everything down, wipe everything down that, that they could have or might have touched um, right. the last few days. And, um, you know, we're constantly wiping things down here. But at the same time, we're putting the responsibility also on our guys. If you touch it, you wipe it. Um, so uh, those stricter guidelines, we, we use Service Titan and Service Titan gives us the ability, uh, huge plug Service Titan. Thank you. They're a sponsor, by the way. Um, but they give us the ability to send text alerts. Um, and then we have the COVID-19 processes on our website that we're updating on a regular basis. And then we put the link to that in there. Uh, we're trying to tell customers over the phone that, you know, hey, we have a process. Our guys can explain when they get there, but we will keep six feet distance. Um, and, uh, and not, you know, we have a touch-free service that we're providing. So setting the expectations, explaining everything, communicating. I don't think you can over-communicate right now. Um, no. Which is what we're trying to do with not only our staff, but our customers as well. Yeah. Yeah. How are you guys, how are you guys seeing residential out there? How are you guys doing that? How's, how's that happening? Josh? Uh, the, the calls have, have slowed down. Um, but it's, it's kind of like we have like these little spurts. And, uh, I don't, I don't know whether it's just people feel better on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays or, uh, right. Maybe a few people are getting the word around here and there. So these little spurts of word of mouth saying, hey, you know, I'm still getting my stuff fixed. And uh, it's, it's, we're definitely not having the march that we had. But we're uh, – um, and back to what we said earlier, we are asking the guys to adapt a little bit out of their element. Um, maybe an extra follow-up, maybe let them know. Don't just call them to follow up like you normally do. Call them, call them, let them know. We're still running. This is how we've changed. Uh, we're doing this touchless service to keep you guys safe because you don't know who you're calling. You could be calling the guy that thinks this is whole stupid and, and wants to shake your hand when you get there, but you've got to play it safe and it, it's working. Um, it's just keeping our team encouraged to continue to push is what, what we're trying to focus on right now right josh are you are you uh this is funny this is just a funny mom are you under uh witness protection because all i see you yeah i'm blacked out <laughs> this actually isn't even my voice no yeah, right <laughs> so i'm pulling up to see where we're at we're at 15 percent of goal uh for the month right now we finished up last month at 85 percent um the uh, the busiest days for us on service are Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're running a little bit slower. But Mondays and Tuesdays, we're pretty full uh, from morning till afternoon. All of right. our guys are booked. Um, and then uh, Wednesday, it tapers off a little bit. Thursday and Friday are super slow. And then Saturday, it picks back up again. So uh, we don't work on Sunday here. Uh, and then... Um, we don't do emergency service, but we're having conversations about offering that. But everybody, everybody for the most part has been really cool. Um, 
you know, if their door's broken, they're a little bit more patient right now. Um, yeah. So getting there in a timely manner hasn't really been an issue. Another thing that I was really surprised about is uh, last month, our cancellations were way down. Um, that was probably the biggest number that I saw that I was pretty surprised about. Uh, I, I would have thought we would have gotten a lot more cancellations just because of like the news, people sitting there watching the news and then they, they realize they have an appointment with us and uh, you know, their fear starts to settle in and they're like, you know what, we'll just postpone this. Let's do it later. I don't want to do yeah. this right now. Uh, but we only had seven cancellations last month, uh, which is about half of what we normally have. Um, so bad. that was actually yeah, really did, good. For we us. didn't we didn't see a whole bunch last last month either. Um, I was I was expecting a lot of phone calls saying you know, or you know when when we made our our confirmation calls or emails, um, I was expecting a lot more than we got for sure. So what are some things that you're doing, uh, Matt, on planning for best case scenario? Man, uh, best case scenario, uh, I mean, my best case scenario is being able to bring and operate at full capacity here within the next three to four weeks. Best case scenario. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, if they, I think, I think, so that, okay. So that's what I'm doing. Well, we can, we can move on to what I think afterwards, but um, as far as the, as far as the shutdown and the exponential uh, time, it's going to take us to get back on track uh, countrywide as a, as, as an account, as an economy, but best case scenario, I'm, we're looking at three to four weeks. Um, of being up and um, uh, back in production full capacity. I mean, in in two weeks, all of my guys are going to be working 40 hours for three weeks. I mean, I've just got a bunch of contracts that are going through, commercial contracts that are going through that have been on the schedule for six months. So we've got we've we've got we've got enough work through the end of May uh to kind of like keep us rolling um uh should this thing last a whole bunch longer uh, but if if businesses uh and the stay at home order extends in through may who i don't know what's going to happen yeah um, you know so here's my concern rough. is we for us here february march april may are our money months uh, we, we make enough to stash away. Um, and then I was already preparing. I've been prepping our audience since season two, maybe even, um, late season one on the podcast for, uh, election year and the trends that tend to happen, you know, people start pulling back on their spending a few months before the election. You know, we can't forget about that right now. Uh, will that change because of this? I don't know. Uh, I think I thought that the first time I was on your podcast. Yeah. So uh, we've got to pay attention to the unknowns right now. And, and that is how long is this going to take place? We don't know. How is uh, the election year going to affect spending? 
because the elections will probably be starting or all the promotion of the elections will be starting uh, about the time. I mean, it's kind of already started, but uh, I mean, really ramping up about the time if they release this thing in May, uh, June timeframe, then it's, we're going to go right into elections where everybody's going to be getting after everybody. All the uncertainty is going to be checking in. They're going to be talking about absentee ballots. Uh, They're going to be talking about um, how are we going to do these without getting people sick again. Um, And, and, and you may very well have a scenario where we come out of a slow season and go into a slow season without the capital that we normally have in the bank account. Right. Uh, just real quick, if this thing gets much worse, you think they'll postpone the election? Man, that's, that's hard to say. I think yeah. it, if they do postpone the election, I think uh, certain groups of people are going to be very frustrated lose their mind mind bro completely go oblivious uh uh it's not going to be good no for the sake of our country i hope we're able to just pursue it and and do it um and uh let the best man win um because anything but that i i genuinely believe you're gonna have like the biggest uproar ever no uh, i agree with you i agree with you so there's Sorry. <laughs> all the commercial uh, real estate that was being developed is Josh and, and Matt. We always get requests for people to talk more about commercial. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that too. Um, I think what we're seeing right now from the residential aspect is that the customers looking for the 500,000 to even $2,000 doors aren't shopping right now for the most part. Um, what we're seeing on the residential side is uh, I'm doing a lot of 5,000, 10,000, even $25,000 quotes at the moment. Um, I've talked to a friend of mine yesterday who does uh, lighting, exterior lighting for, for a lot of high-end homes. He said he slammed, having a hard time keeping up. Um, and it's all of his upper and upper, upper class um, customers that are at home catching up on projects their wife's been banging on them for for years um you saw my meme i don't know if you saw my meme but uh, yeah i posted my very first meme that i actually developed i got in trouble for that by the way um but the uh, uh i think a lot of people are at home trying to take care of things that they've been wanting to take care of so the message when you run facebook ads or posts and things like that take those things into consideration. I think it'll help you convert more people. Um, But uh, that's all great. On the commercial side, though, you and I spoke recently uh, when we were dealing with this originally, and you you and I kind of both thought that residential or commercial repair would be the thing to kind of get us through. We found that, and I think you found that to be kind of wrong uh, shortly after. And it's actually the for us, it's um, as dock levelers and, and door installs that uh, from all the construction that was taking place that's landing for us right now. Yep. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, so um, uh, starting, well, starting next week um, on retrofits and new construction install, um, we've got, um, we've got, $600,000 going out the next three weeks uh, to be invoiced uh, for 
uh, for new construction um, and, and retrofit. Um, now, like I said earlier, though, we're starting to see the commercial service side of things um, open up and people are starting to starting to um, want replacing their dock seals, uh, replacing their edge of dock levelers. Uh, they're wanting us to come in and fix their, you know, fix their doors and PM their doors and get their stuff up and running because I think people are starting to see that there is a possibility we could be in for the long haul. And by the long haul, I mean a couple months. Hopefully the long haul is only a couple months. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're seeing that carry through. On the residential side of things, man, Sam is freaking killing it. Yeah, you told me. Uh, uh, it it blows my mind, but we've also had people up here are dealing. We had two hailstorms that just ravaged our city uh, last year, and so people got insurance money that they have to spend on on their homes. They can't spend it anywhere else, and so they're stuck now. So everybody's getting this done. So I mean, she's just following up and following up and following up and just. Nice. It's killing it, which also people are having to spend money to to work on their homes. And about every two years, we get a hailstorm through here that just wrecks stuff. Um, and so we're going to open up a roofing company. There you go, man. Lots of money in roofing, but there's also <laughs> lots of competition. I think it's very similar to uh, garage doors with the exception of, you know, roofing. The customer doesn't have to pay. Uh, 99% of the time, the insurance companies pay a majority of the bill. Yep. So not a bad back. play, especially if yeah. you already have loyal database and customer base out there and you yep. got the, the workers to be able to do the job. So, yeah, I mean, that's where the money, uh, I just up the street, I heard, um, uh, from me is a, uh, collision repair, probably the biggest in the state, big sky collision they're opening up a roofing company Oh wow. like <laughs> right after we sat in our in our war room uh which we turned our technician because we're not having large group meetings we turned our technician uh conference room into a war room and i've got big old post-it paper notes all over all over the wall uh our Jonathan, Jonathan and I, and, and Samantha is actually involved in these meetings now The kind of the inner triad, uh, to, to develop our strategy to come out, man, to come out uh, again. I want to thrive through this thing. I don't, I ain't gonna let it take me down. So, yeah, we talked about doing, um, garage organizers, uh, garage flooring, um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. We got a whole list. We went through them. Okay, what's what 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 can we do where it's low uh, barrier of entry, both in cost and processes, right. with the current resources that we have? Um, and we made a list of probably like twenty things, and we all went down that list and just you know yes no maybe yes no maybe yes no maybe. Uh, right. We're working on that now. Um, and I think we're we're trying to max out the garage door thing, of course. But um, I tell people all the time, if you were to start a garage door company right now, um, it's 
probably very easy to get your first thirty to fifty thousand dollars in monthly revenue. Um, yeah. I don't think that's very hard. However, breaking through that, breaking through your fifty, breaking through your hundred, your one fifty, uh, that's where we saw the most resistance. Um, yeah. And so I, I think getting getting a small market share of twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month in revenue isn't terribly difficult. Um, and I think that applies to a lot of businesses. And right yeah. now, if you can generate an, another, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 doing something you weren't doing before, that could mean the difference in you making it through this or you coming yep. out on the other side better than you can't, you went into it. Yep. And I think this is something, you know, with my plans to scale, this is going to be easier. Uh, this will be an easy way. You talk about the, the low barrier of entry to move into other markets. If we can brand ourselves as a whole exterior remodel company, not just garage doors. I mean, there's more money in roofing, siding, windows, and entry doors than there is in garage doors. I mean, yes, it's 100%. Like, uh, if we can brand ourselves as that, um, there's a whole lot more potential uh, moving in uh, and doing something like that. So this isn't just a short-term uh, vision board, uh, you know, vision idea. Uh, this is something that we want to, that I think is going to become a staple for what we want to do and, and move forward with, um, you know, because of the relationships that we have with our builders. I mean, they, they love us as a garage door company you know they know the quality work that we do and why not let us do your roof too right i agree you guys have anything to add that you want to talk about before we jump off that may bring value to our listeners i was just looking at some of the comments um, hey <laughs> hey you see me now <laughs> um just james mcgrath talking about how he normally has a slow hunter possibly 130 days this year to start out the year. Uh, like how he says at the end, after this uh, belt's loosened, you might want to have your seatbelt fastened. I think those of us that strive through this and don't just lay low in our corner are the ones that's going to need to fasten that seatbelt. I mean, yeah. we should strive to make it to where we are one of the people that's going to have to fasten down. I agree with that 100%. Jonathan and I have had that conversation. I think coming out the other side, the people that are ready for it are not going to just slow climb. It's going to be you're going to have to you're going to have to direct the rocket uh, coming out of this thing. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important for uh, us and everybody else who's trying to be ambitious through this to go ahead and start um, putting out. Uh, advertisement that you're, you know, you're interviewing um, for specific positions that you know you're going to need coming out of this, because if it does take off like that and you don't have the workers, you're not going to go very far. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would, I would strongly suggest that you know, uh, planning and setting up your processes, your people, the hiring, everything. Um, you've got the time. I know I've got a little bit more time right now. I'm spending a lot of that on a new website we're building uh, and a lot of my marketing company, but uh, I'm about to start focusing on streamlining things and getting things prepared for in the event this does take off and we start doing really well with it. 
um, it puts us in a better position and I'm able to press buttons and move forward faster rather than having to figure it out at the time while we're going through it because it's a lot more difficult that way. For sure. Yeah, I think I, it, Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> as weird as it sounds, I think, I mean, maybe this whole COVID-19 thing is a, is a little overkill from what I'm about to say, but at times I think we kind of need little hardship moments as people either owning or running businesses to kind of put us in check. Like if you think about it, we're all sitting here talking about how can, what can we do to provide more to our customers? If we can think of things now, why the heck couldn't we have thinking? Why, why didn't we think of them in the past? We sh so it's almost putting us in check to be responsible for what we've been lacking at. It sucks that it's, <laughs> it's taking something this freaking serious to do it. But I think it, we're actually, those of us, that are having these conversations about striving to be better for our business and our guys and our teams. Those, those yep. of us that we're going to benefit from this the most. Yep. So I'm rereading um, good to great. I think I mentioned that on the last podcast, uh, phenomenal book. And I encourage everybody to listen to it right now. It talks a lot about um, decisions being made, but when it boils down to the companies that are good versus great um, it's leadership, uh, and I think the people you surround yourself with, um, Matt, that's why I think there's no doubt in my mind you're going to be successful, not because of you and who you are and the decisions you make, but what I love about you is uh, you surround yourself with people who challenge you and also uh, are very intelligent and ask tough questions, not only about themselves and the business, but you too. And um, and, and I, I I enjoy watching and talking to you, uh, you know, watching you succeed and, and um, what you're doing. And I think uh, when I was listening to the book, they were talking about uh, just yesterday, um, it was talking about a portion, I think where it was uh, Walgreens um, versus Eckerd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, they were talking about how the leadership at Walgreens was all about finding the right people and putting them in the right position. Yeah. Um, and Eckerd was more about the, the individual leader of the business. Um, and so, uh, you know, we all see where that kind of went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a Walgreens on every corner here and, uh, yeah. and in Florida. Um, I don't know about across the country, but, um, you know, the, these companies, uh, they make decisions to surround themselves with great people. And, uh, and when you have great people running the ship, I think only great things come out of it. So, um, I think that, you know, it's a great time to evaluate your people too and see where they're best and maybe where they're not. I mean, we have a guy who's, uh, cranking out commercial right now that we originally hired for residential install. It wasn't working out. Um, so, you know, we had a conversation with him and, uh, we were like, Hey, uh, are you interested in trying this? And, and Josh will tell you, I mean, he's probably not an A yet. He's not an A player. Um, but he's working his way into it and he's trying hard. Um, we're really excited to have him on our commercial team and he's a difference maker. Um, so we're, you know, evaluate your team, maybe where you have people aren't the right place. Uh, maybe you got the right talent, but not in the right area. Um, yeah, you could so. definitely have the right people in the wrong seat. Um, and, and that, that's one way to kill the right person. Correct. Uh, is to have them in the wrong seat. And so that, and, and that's kind of where uh, our ideas of expanding 
because uh, it came out of an idea of us kind of trimming the fat. We we're a little bit heavy on the management side of things. And we we're like, well, where does this person fit now, you know, coming out of this? And we're like, well, what's he good at? Well, he came from the roofing side of things. You know, like, why not give him that whole Ding. line? Bella, yeah. like, so yeah, right now is a great time. Um, and it, he's a great dude. We just had him kind of in the wrong, you know, in the wrong realm of things. Um, definitely the right person for the company, company minded, um, and, and would do anything at the drop of the hat that you asked him to do. Um, but it was just kind of the wrong position for him to be in um didn't give much room for him to strive uh to be better um and so um yeah it's definitely important to evaluate um and you should do it often because positions change as you grow in scale uh your positions grow in scale as well and so uh a position that may be right now may not be right a year and a half from now um, so you always, that's always something you want to do is, is reevaluate where people are at for sure. For sure. Well, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, service Titan. We mentioned them earlier, uh, summer USA. Uh, those guys are phenomenal. We've been, um, uh, selling their product for quite some time now. Um, and I, I mean, even newly learning how to install their product. We haven't had any callbacks. Super excited about that. Um, and we, uh, just got, we, we just what? got, oh, sorry. We just got two uh, demo motors. So well, I think we're jumping on the summer train. Do it, bro. I'm telling you, I'm so impressed. Uh, the motors are, are highly customizable, both on the board and how you install them. Um, so, Josh, did you want to say something about summer? No, I was just saying we just got another shipment in. I was happy to see that pallet. Yes, we were out. So um, real quick, uh, we also have uh, Surewinder. Surewinder is uh, there to save your shoulders, help you uh, wind the springs that you don't want to wind every day. If you're in this long term, it's a great solution. Uh, we'll, yeah, we, we have uh, their product here at our shop and a uh, huge fan, not only of the product, but um, one thing that I do, uh, one one thing I have with my sponsors is we use all of them, and uh, and we like the people, um, our visions align. So, uh, if you guys are interested in those, and don't forget, if you guys are looking for services regarding marketing, consultation, things of that sort on the business side of your company, or um, Josh and I have been kicking around the idea of uh, him helping consult companies on how to launch into commercial. Uh, he's been um, very strategic and uh, and and has done a phenomenal job here with Aaron Overhead Doors on getting us in the commercial business. We had one of our biggest commercial months last month, uh, and all that credit goes to him. Uh, it's a great avenue if you're in residential and you're interested in commercial. Um, we are offering uh, Josh as a resource for consultation. So um, talking about branching out and finding new ways, right? Uh, so. If you guys need marketing, anything like that, uh, I own a marketing company and my team is excellent uh, and we will help you out. Uh, we offer free consultation for uh, kind of getting to know us and getting to know you and what your goals are. 
other than that, check out our Facebook page, Torsion Talk Podcast. I want to give a thanks to everybody. Uh, you guys met Benny. Um, Matt, as always, willing to hop on at the last minute when well, needed. Appreciate you, brother, for that. Um, you always bring a lot of value to the conversation. And Josh, thanks for taking an hour and a half out of your day to be with me. Um, I know you're busy, so I appreciate that. And then last but not least, the silent one um, in, the, in the Falcon. Is that right? Has he, he muted us out? Yeah. I think he's muted us out. Adrian, <laughs> our sound guy. Just want to give Adrian Hi. a heads up. Um, so thank you, Adrian, for making this work. Uh, I hope uh, everybody enjoyed it. And if you need us, uh, reach out to us and let us know. Thank you.